It's futile having these conversations if you don't bring your mind to bear. So please, via WhatsApp on 0725671567, your calls anytime on 0214460567. So according to the Institute of Justice and Reconciliation's December 2023 report, trust in leadership has plummeted to an all-time low. 80% of citizens believe that political leaders are untrustworthy uh, and corruption persists without any evident will among leaders to restrain or to curb it. Uh, this is not just a local phenomenon. It is a worldwide phenomenon, and especially young people are leading the charge in stopping it, changing it, uh, looking for a more responsible and sustainable future, which has not necessarily come from the past. Now, in response to that report, um, the Center for Responsible Leadership Studies at Stellenbosch Business School has released a manifesto for responsible leadership for a better world, challenging South Africa's leaders in business, government, civil society and the media to stress test and assess themselves against the principles. Professor Mias de Klerk, Director of the Center for Responsible Leadership Studies at Stellenbosch Business School, joins us on the line now. Welcome, Prof. It's great to have you. Good morning, Clarence. It's great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Prof, um, you know, we, we read it as, I use the word nurture, uh, you know, there's, it's a very narcissistic world and trends are more narcissistic than ever bef- before. Um, can we define it as that? The push and pull is uh, coming into our nurture selves and, uh, you know, getting rid of the increasingly prevalent narcissism that pervades society. Um, Clarence, I think to some extent I would agree with you, but you know, most people, unless you're a psychopath, most people have goodness in them. Most people have a conscience. And that then means that most leaders have a conscience. But with the pressures of the world, whether it comes from um, the political side or business side or from society, these conscience and goodness often get suppressed. And what we want to do with this manifesto is to help leaders firstly to get in touch with their own conscience and goodness, to strive to become the best leaders that they can be, not just for themselves, because leadership is not forgetting something. It is not about the status. It's not about the power. Unfortunately for many leaders it is, but it should not be. Leadership is about serving. And what we want to do, firstly, as I said, is for leaders to get in touch with that serving the world, the stakeholders, the constituents, to, to do better, to achieve more, to do that sustainably. And secondly, we want to empower everyone else to assess their leaders. How are they doing in terms of the principles of responsible leadership? Are the leaders holding themselves accountable? Are they taking up responsibility to do what they're supposed to do? And by using the 10 principles that we've set out in the manifesto, it just makes it easier to um, assess a leader rather than just say, I like the person or not, and you don't really know according to what principles you will feel in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, there, there is some part of the nature, but 
uh, there's some good nature in one of us as well, and we want to elicit that again. Well, you, you, yeah, the sociopaths you can also exclude from 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 the rule uh, alongside the the psychopaths. But the trend is, and I don't want to belabor this particular point. There was, in fact, research in uh, in the USA specifically, and it shows that younger people are increasingly more narcissistic. And I think it's the 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 you know the social media kind of generation, the likes uh, that we are driven by on social media that is informing that particular trend which which is dangerous for the future but let's let's talk about the manifesto does the manifesto help us to determine a leader uh and and its qualities before the fact because these days it's always after the fact once they've already uh, made a mess of it a hash of it um does this manifesto enable us to discern uh, a responsible leader from an irresponsible leader well, if you say before the fact, I mean, if we talk about leaders, we already have people who have been doing certain things, who have been leading in some way. So um, maybe that's a bit of uh, after the fact, but what is definitely not is to wait for a leader to be irresponsible and then to assess them. It is also to look at the leaders who we admire, who we have a great respect for and say, yes, they are the kind of leaders that we need. They are the kind of leaders that we need to to promote more. When we select leaders, we've got our elections coming up. When we select a political party, in fact, in fact we are selecting leaders. So look at the people who represent that political party. Do they represent these principles I mean, there are very few political leaders at this stage that represent the, the principle of accountability. Too many of the political leaders just make excuses for things that's not happening or try and um, blindfold us and telling us things are going well where it's not. They're not keeping their promises. So that's a good place to look at responsible leadership using the manifesto before the fact. And of course, in organizations, before you appoint somebody, yeah. look at somebody's track record. To what extent do they demonstrate these kind of principles? Boards of organizations, when you appoint a new CEO, look at these principles. And you know, it's not just principles for goodness, for being nice and fluffy. There's substantive research that show that Leaders who demonstrate these principles tend to lead or produce much better results in the longer run. Yeah. Yes, other more irresponsible leadership can present um, good results in the short run, but not sustainable, sustainably. You need this kind of leadership for good results in the long run. So it's good for business as well. That's what you're saying, Prof. Mias the Clad, Director at Center for Responsible Leadership Studies at Stellenbosch. It's good for business? It's absolutely good for business. You know, there's an organization, Ethisphere, that does research just on ethical companies. And their research show, and it's been coming since 27, that more ethical leadership and companies with an ethical culture that gets implemented through their leaders outperform the Standard & Poor 500 by consistently by around 25 percentage points. 
Now, Standard & Poor's 500 are not your Mickey Mouse companies. They are the biggest companies, most profitable companies in the world. And the more ethical companies outperform them consistently by around 25 percentage points. That's food for thought. Okay, um, here's a message in. You will never stop the tendency of even the best leaders to become corrupt and or lazy if they are allowed to keep their actions secret and if they are allowed to stay in a position for too long. Example, five years for politicians. They must be constantly challenged to be transparent, to account for their actions and must be voted out after a limited period. That message from Janine. Um, so they must be, they must, they must write an exam on a regular basis and account to the public uh, is what Janine suggests. Is is that another means test? Well, you know, if you say write an exam, I love the idea <laughs> because every day for a leader is writing an exam. Yeah. Um, we're not talking about here of writing an exam to go somewhere in um, a room and answer certain questions because then people tend to answer what they think others will hear and they answer what they know they should do rather than what they do. But in practical terms, each of us are writing an exam every day in how we act, in how we show up, in what we do, what we don't do. And Mm. we as the public, we as employees, we as other stakeholders should check those exams that our leaders write and assess them. If they're not performing, we should get rid of them. Easier said than done in the political field, theoretically, by not voting them in, but we also know people vote not just because of what they see. They see um, leaders failing their exams and they still vote them in. Um, But we cannot continue like that. We must test them according to these principles. If they don't show up, now, I think, I think you need to tell us, Professor Mias de Klerk, you must tell us about these principles, the manifestos that should govern leaders. What should we be looking for? So there are 10 principles, which is already a lot, but it really covers in the whole complex environment of, of responsible leadership. The first element is... Um, the understanding that as a leader I am here to serve, I'm not here to get, I'm not here to exercise power. I must transcend myself in Christ and serve others. And that means I have to protect and promote everything that is good and create a better world. That's the second principle. The third one is to look at, when I make decisions, to look at the problem systemically. We have too many leaders that have this linear thinking of course and effect. Oh, if people are unhappy, I must give them more money. We know that firstly, psychologically it doesn't work and secondly, we cannot afford that. We must look at the system. Why are people not happy? We must work with our stakeholders. Next point. Um, to, to create a common good for everybody so we can leave, leave a lasting legacy for now and upcoming generations. Next point. A commitment to deliver. Um, how many of our leaders don't deliver on their promises? Point seven is um, working with courageous integrity. You know, almost every company has integrity as a value. Yet very few people know, very few leaders really know what integrity means. Integrity means acting consistently on a clear set of ethical principles. Not just when it suits me, 
also when it's got consequences that I may not like. I've already talked about accountability. That's the next point. To take accountability for my decisions. Accountability means I'm liable for what I'm doing. I'm liable for what I'm not doing. And I'm also responsible for the decisions and actions of my followers. I cannot say, oh, that person did this. It wasn't me. If I am have some um, responsibility of that person, I take also responsibility for what they do. And then we go right down to the individual of treating people with care, dignity, respect, inclusivity, and help others also to become the best versions of themselves who they can be. Enable them, empower them, develop them. So these are the 10 principles that we um, have in a, in a manifesto. As you can see, many of these, they're not new. They're things that we know yeah. about. That you expect, they're really. We, <laughs> we, we expect them. Yeah. Uh, when I discussed this with my wife yesterday, she said, so I must be, a person must be perfect in all 10 of them. I said, no. Nobody can be perfect in all 10 of them. But you must strive, But right? we must work on yeah. all 10 of them and become as good as we can on all ten of them. We're humans, we're fallible, we're all going to make mistakes. But let's keep all of them in mind and work consistently with them and on them to become the best and the most responsible leader that I can be. And this leadership that we talk about here is not just people in formal power. It can be just me in how I treat my family as a father. How I show up as a mother with my with my family. How I show up at the sports club. How I show up at the at the um, reading club. It, it goes everywhere, and the more places we can see pockets of this approach to leadership. It's not a leadership style; it's a mindset, it's an approach. The more pockets of this approach we see, the more it will filter through the whole of our society and become the way that we live. Professor Mias de Klerk, our guest, Director at the Center for Responsible Leadership Studies at Stellenbosch. Now, I think we've already suggested that these problems are not unique to South Africa, that uh, it is uh, a problem in this world, a dearth of leadership. Would, would you agree with that conclusion? Absolutely. Um, Clarence, we, we see that much of the research that we use in the background of this is um, was done uh, globally, also in South Africa, but also globally. And globally, there is uh, there is, is a, a, a force happening for pushing people to be uh, leaders to become more responsible. I participated in a webinar on exactly the same topic uh, last week with. I was only South African there. We were just international people. Um, there is the Global um, Institute for Responsible Leadership uh, that also work on this. And we all work together and try and foster the, this kind of approach towards leadership so that we can see a different kind of approach to leadership globally, not just in pockets. But we have to start somewhere. You know, I cannot change the world, but I can change myself and I can change my small environment. And if everyone does that in their small environment, we can all change the world. I, I hear you. So is it not just 
uh, a generational shift that is required. Younger people that understand that it's their future that our greed has bedeviled younger people stepping up into leadership roles with, uh, you know, a better view of how to preserve the future, not just for them, but for their kids. Is, is that going to fill the vacuum, Prof? Well, it's interesting. It, it happens on all generations, this push towards more leadership, uh, responsible leadership. Baby boomers like myself, we look and say, wow, is this what we want to leave behind? If I look at Generation Xers, um, my children, my, many of my students, they look to the future and say, is this what we want? Is this what we need? Is this the kind of world that we live in? So it is really coming from all over. And um, it comes from all generations that's pushing it. I think the, <laughs> the biggest stumbling block at this stage are leaders in former leadership positions who are so used to doing what they have been doing and they're not sufficiently open for this kind of thinking. And we see that in organizations, we see it in the political field. Yeah, so uh, just how do you feel? I mean, is is it a pipe dream, Prof? Do you think society can buy uh, into what we thought uh, was, was, was there but isn't there? It may be a big dream. I don't think it's a pipe dream. You know, the more I work with this, the more I work with myself and the more I work with who I am as a leader and how I show up as a leader, and that makes a small difference. The more I work with my students, they see the light, they start working with themselves. So... Again, we come back to this uh, principle of don't change the world, change yourself. And we change ourselves and we change the world one person at a time. So it's a big dream. But if we continue working on this, all of us that believe in it, that understand it, that know the benefits, we're going to make a difference. Are we going to create the perfect world? Not in my lifetime, but we can create a better world. And we will definitely create a better world if we continue working with this courageously. We've borrowed from the future. Now we need to invest uh, into into the future. And the reality is, you say it's a big dream, but a necessary uh, a big dream. If we, if we don't reach this dream, how are we going to be Im- impacted? If we, say again, if we don't reach this dream? If we don't reach this dream, if we don't uh, change all the values that leadership should represent, how could it impact us? Mm -hmm. Oh, we see so many um, of those impacts. I mean, what's happening in Ukraine is part of that. What's happening in the Middle East of Israel and Palestine is part of that. The kind of politics we see in Europe is part of that. The kind of killings that's happening in many um, African countries in South America, that's part of that. The chaos we see in America with their political system and their elections coming up is part of that. Um, You know, for the first time ever, we see now more CEOs being fired because of ethical um, failures. That's part of that. So if we don't make progress, that is going to become bigger and bigger, and eventually we're all going to live in a world that we don't want to live.
Prof. Mias de Klerk, we thank you for your time, for your wisdom, and for your knowledge, Director at the Center for Responsible Leadership Studies, Talenbosch University. Uh, these are the things that we need to buy into. Uh, and, of course, we need to work on ourselves and improving our relationships uh, with those around us. I think some very, very wise words there.